All right, perfect. All right, perfect. So here's a couple of things I have for you guys um, because I'm still in this age group with you guys. So I am, well, I'm not like old, but I'm not young either. So I'm, I'm 28. Um, and so I'm still in that kind of single uh, young professional type role um, as I'm preaching. Um, and so a couple things that, um, that I've learned through this that I want to help you guys with, um, and we're going to look at this in a different type of way because I love this topic of being untangled. And so if you guys are taking notes, here's a couple of things. I like, I like to organize my, my notes in my lesson. So we're going to look at the prescription to trust God when things don't work out. Okay. The prescription to trust God when things just don't work out. And so sometimes in our lives, right, as Christians, you know, there's so many things that can uh, that can disappoint us, right? And so many things that just don't work out. So maybe you guys are sitting there and myself too. So maybe a relationship didn't work out. It doesn't feel good, does it? Right. It just doesn't. So especially when you had high hopes that you wish it would have worked out. So that's a disappointment. You know, maybe you didn't get into the, the school that you wanted. You know, that's a disappointment too. You know, maybe if you're, you know, engaged or, or married or getting married and you have financial strain, you know, that's a disappointment too. So all these things can be disappointments. But the thing is, so there's got to be a way as we keep growing up and as things just keep happening, there's got to be a way to handle these disappointments, right? And so here's a couple things that I came up with when I talked with Drew. Uh, so here's three things I want to look at for you guys today, okay? So here's three ways that we can get through disappointment with the Lord. Okay. Three ways that we can get through disappointment with the Lord. So number one, if you're taking notes, the first one is cry out to the God, learn to cry out to God. So notice this. So when things happen sometimes, right in life, sometimes what we do and myself included, we kind of rush, right? We kind of rush through the feeling of the immediate disappointment. And then we move on real quick. So I don't know about, I saw some guys there in the background. I used to play basketball in, in high school. And what my coaches always told me, next play, forget what just happened, next play. I don't care what you did before. I don't care the mistake that you made, just next play. Sometimes we try to use that in life. And in life, sometimes that doesn't really work. And so if you have this kind of next play attitude, you won't know how to feel when it happens again in life. So that works in the sports world, but in life, it's not really the best, uh, the best advice. And so notice this, look at, uh, look at Psalm chapter 13, guys, open up your Bibles with me here and let's look at, uh, Psalm chapter 13 and I want to look at verses one and two, Psalm chapter 13, verses one and two. And what David's going to show us, David's going to show us how to cry out to the Lord when things just don't work. Okay. So notice what he says here. Verse one, how long will you forget me? O Lord forever. How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my own soul, having sorrow in my own heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider me and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. And so notice David did this in every psalm. If you look at every psalm that David wrote, the first four or five verses, David cries every single time. And so when you're disappointed, right, learn to cry, right? <laughs> learn to cry. I remember there was a student at school, Drew knows him, but I'm not going to name him. He's a, he's a guy, he's like six, six, right? Big, big old guy. Right. And so at the time he was dating the girl and, and, and the girl broke his heart 
So I go into his apartment and he's sitting there watching like an eight hour Star Wars marathon, you know, with his with his blanket. And he's a giant guy just looking up and he just starts bawling. I was like, oh, it's okay, dude. That's okay. Right. So but sometimes that happens. So you got to learn to cry out to the Lord. You know, in first Peter chapter five, remember Jesus or Peter always tells us to cast your care upon him. Why? Because the Bible says that he cares for you. So is it possible that we might not be able to get through the problems that we're going through because we kind of just get over it real quick? Uh, I'll find another girl. I'll just find another guy. I'll just find another job. I'll just find another. So if you have that mindset that you're always just going to find something else real quick, then you'll always be disappointed. And what happens is, in my experience as well, you'll also carry baggage to the next person. And so it's kind of unfair to the next people that come into your life because we are willing to do what David did in Psalm chapter 13 and really cry out to him. Now look at this second example. Look at, uh, look at John chapter 11, guys. John chapter 11, verses, verse 35. This is something that we all quote, but I never looked at this until I studied for this for you guys today. So in John chapter 11, verse 35, shortest verse in the Bible, you know, you guys can all quote it, right? It says, Jesus wept. So when Lazarus died, don't you think Jesus being God could have just rose him up right then when he heard the news? So Jesus, hey, Lazarus is dead. All right, let me just, let me just rise him back up so I don't have to cry. But what did Jesus do first before he rose Lazarus from the dead? According to verse 35, Jesus wept. So what was Jesus showing us? When you're disappointed, you need to feel that disappointment because it didn't work out. So Jesus was disappointed that his friend passed away. Then he rose him up. And so maybe we can rise up from our disappointments before because we got to learn how to cry out to God. And so here's something, guys, if we don't learn how to do this, number one, if we don't learn to cry out to the Lord, the first thing that's always going to happen is we're going to be in denial. Well, it's always somebody else's fault. Well, they could have communicated better to me. Well, they could have shown more effort in my life. They could have done more. They could have done all this. See, what happens is when we don't learn how to feel stuff, then we become bitter. Then we use all those excuses. Have you guys ever been there? I have, right? Well, they could have, they could have done this way better. She could have done this way better. They could have done this way better, right? So then we become bitter and we become in denial. Then the next phase, what happens is we say, well, everything's fine. I probably didn't even need them anyway. I probably didn't even need that job anyway. I probably didn't. So then you kind of just get over it real quick. And so the result of denial and the result of, of kind of saying everything is okay is you'll always stay stuck. If you notice, and I don't know what's happening in your guys' personal lives, but maybe you guys can relate because you don't know how to feel and understand and process what's going on and you kind of get over it real quick, then you're in denial. And so the result is no matter where you are in your life right now, you'll always stay stuck. And so how do we kind of get unstuck? We got to get out of this self-defeating mindset, right? I worked with some, you know, in high school and then, you know, some NBA professional players that I know, they had some psychological things that they worked on. And they said, we always have to get out of these self-defeating mindsets. So what is that? So if you guys are taking notes, here are 10 self-defeating thoughts that we need to get rid of, okay? 10 self-defeating thoughts that we need to get rid of. 
So number one, the first thought that we have to get rid of when disappointment happens is abandonment. Well, I always, I, you know, I'll always just end up alone. It'll just be me. Well, this stuff always happens to me. You see how you just put ultimatums on yourself? This stuff always happens to me. This never happens for me, right? So then you, you're self-defeating yourself. Then number two, then you deprive yourself. Well, I don't think anyone could ever meet my needs. I don't think I'll ever get the job I want. I don't think I'll ever get the wife I want. I don't think I'll ever get the husband I want. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think. So now this snowball starts to get a little bit bigger. So then number three, what you do, it's called subjugation. And that means, well, it's always somebody else's way, but I, ne I never get my way. So it seems like everybody else around me gets exactly what they want, but how come I can't? How come it never works out for me? I try, right? You try. We give all this effort, so how come it's not working for me? Then number four, then we start to mistrust other people, and then we also start to mistrust God. Well, God, it just seems like you just want this to happen. It just seems like, I don't know what's going on, God. I, I just don't trust you right now. So then number five, then you think you're unlovable. Like, well, no one can really, I mean, I'm just, I'm a little too much. No one can really love me like that. I don't think anyone would really want to stick with me, right? Then number six, exclusion. So now you start to exclude yourself a little bit from everybody else. Everybody else has got what they want, but you know what? I don't have it, so I'm just going to stay over here in this corner. So how do we exclude ourselves today? I'm going to kill myself at work, and all I do is work. I'll never go to extra functions at church. Or I'll just kill myself on the football field. Or I'll just kill myself on the basketball court. I'll just exclude myself and do all this other stuff. Then you become vulnerable. What does that mean? Well, you know what? I'm responsible for some stuff but I'm really not responsible for all the bad stuff that happens in life. So, you know, that's just where I am. That's my mindset. You become vulnerable. So then the next step, then it's a failure mindset. Well, you know what? I'm just not good enough. I mean, does it, it literally doesn't matter how hard, how hard I try. I just can't seem to get it. It just, things just don't work. Then number nine, then you become entitled. Well, you know what? You try to lift yourself up a little bit. You know what? I'm special. I'm independent. I don't need a man. I don't need a girl. I don't need I don't need anybody. I'll just I'll just do what I want to do. I'll make as much money as I want to make. I'll do all this stuff because I'm special. So nothing else applies to me. And then the last the last self-defeating thought is perfectionism. I have to do everything perfect. And so notice when we use this these self-defeating mindsets it all boils back to what we talked about in Psalm chapter 13, right? So what's the first step that we got to do? We got to learn to cry out to the Lord. Guys, you got to learn. And this is something that I've, uh, I didn't get before, but I'm starting to get more now. When you're disappointed, think about when something happened during a breakup or whatever else went on in your life. When you called your best friend or when you went to your boy's house or whatever happened, how long did you talk to them about what just happened? like two minutes, three minutes, or was it like hours or was it days, right? Or was it weeks or is it still happening right now, right? You, you talk to them for a long time about it. And so this is the thing I learned to switch. When those things happen, yes, lean on your friends, 
but also talk to God about those things in detail as you would talk to your friends about it. Because according to first Peter five, what did, what did Jesus say? Or what did Peter say? Casting. So do you just say one prayer? Notice the word says casting, casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. So maybe our problems aren't going away because we just cast it one time. You see, we have to keep casting over and over and over and over and over, and then God will help us heal. So the first thing to do when it just seems like things just aren't working out, you guys got to learn to cry out to God, right? That's number one. Then number two, what's the second thing we got to do? So after we learn to cry out to God, the next natural step as we keep moving forward is we got to learn to create a heart of humility. This is tough. This one's hard. Guys, look at uh, look at Psalm chapter 51, and we'll get there in a second. But I want you guys to look at Psalm chapter 51, and we'll look at verses 10 through 12. But as we think about this mindset of like creating a, a heart of humility, what happens is so many times when problems happen in our lives, we are the last people that we blame. Well, it's always the job's fault. It's always someone else's fault. It's always her fault. It's always his fault. They never said enough. They never did enough. But what humility learns to do, and again, this is a thought process you got to change, and I'm still learning to change. You have to create a heart of humility, and you have to look at yourself, and you have to see how you can improve. That's the only way that you're going to learn to get better and mature and get and grow. And so to be honest, for me, guys, it was very easy for me, even a couple years ago, even while I was in school and before school, it was so easy for me to blame somebody else. So when someone else did something that I didn't like or something didn't work out in the way that I wanted it to work out at the time, it was so easy for me to see myself as the saint and everyone else as somebody that did something wrong. So easy to do that. But you got to learn how to look at yourself and really self-examine yourself. So look at look at what David said here in Psalm chapter 51. And we sing this song all the time at camps, all the time. So starting in verse 10, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. So if you know anything about Psalm 51, this is when David is crying out to God for forgiveness after he did everything with Bathsheba. Okay. So if you notice, couldn't David have blamed so many other people? Because was David the only person at fault here? Nope. So who else was in that bed with David? Bathsheba. So she was at fault. What about David's messengers that went and got Bathsheba for her or for him? They were at fault. Well, what about all these other, so many other people were at fault in the situation, but notice how personal David makes it. So David could have said, well, Lord, forgive me, but you know, it's really not my fault though, but I'll take my responsibility, but it's really not on me. Notice what David said. He could have blamed other people that were at fault 100%, but in order to get over some disappointment, you got to look at yourself. So notice the the personal the personal pronouns. David say, create in me a clean heart. 
renew a right spirit within Bathsheba, right? No, renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away, right? Restore thy Holy Spirit back to me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. And so humility, and this, this is very hard to do, guys, and I still struggle with this today. Humility is not looking at everybody else's role in the situation. Humility is looking at you, and even if five other people are at fault, humility says, but it's my fault, though. I could have done better. I could have, I could have been a better leader. I could have handled myself. I could have been you know, more in control of my anger. I could have done this more. So you learn to create that heart of humility instead of blaming other people. And so this is the hardest part because when we're disappointment and when we're hurt, instantly somebody's got to feel our wrath. Somebody's got to feel it. But instead of having somebody else feel it, look at yourself and say, all right, Jordan, what, what could you have done better? How could I learn to do this? How can I learn to get better? And so David said, look, do this to me, God. I know so. I know I wasn't the sin here, but I'm I'm responsible for me. So, Lord, I ask that you forgive me. Help me to get better. And so, again, maybe our problems in our lives, guys, maybe they're not going away because number one, we're not really talking to God enough, and then number two, maybe we don't have that heart of humility. Maybe we still got that heart of bitterness. And let me let me teach you guys something here. And I've seen this so many times, and I know Drew Drew has seen it so many times in the church, especially with our uh, our young men and women that start dating each other right in the church, and then things don't work out for whatever reason. We got to remember, guys, these are still our brethren, and we got to still uplift them, and we still got to help them, and we still got to grow with them. So if that relationship with so-and-so didn't work out in the church, you still help her to be the best she can. If that relationship with that guy didn't work out you still help him be the best because remember you guys are still brethren in christ and that relationship is bigger than what you guys have anyway so we got to remember we got to learn to treat each other right but that only comes with humility and so you got to be humble you got to learn and you got to grow from that all right and that's what david taught us there right and so Notice it. So we learned that in order to kind of get over these disappointments or not really get over, but kind of handle them, we got to learn to cry out to God, right? We really got to learn to start talking to him, right? And there's an example. I did a VBS last week and we talked about King Hezekiah in first Kings 19 and Hezekiah had a problem. He was surrounded and he didn't know what to do. So what Hezekiah did, he went to the, he went to the synagogue and the Bible says that he spread the problem out before God. You guys ever see your mom or somebody watch Food Network, right? And they're chopping up all that all that food. That's literally what that word spread out means. So let's say you got an apple, right? And let's say that apple is your problem. And let's say uh, it's a relationship problem or a family problem or a personal problem or a mental problem. No matter what problem it is, that apple represents your problem. And so if you're a Christian, what the Lord literally wants you to do is to take that problem that you got, you set it in front, and you literally start from the beginning. Lord, we met here. We did this. It didn't work out. How can I get better? Did I do something wrong? Can I do better? You, you chop up the problem. And that word literally means you spread out, and then you lay out the problem to God, and then you let him handle it. 
And so we have to learn to spread our issues and spread our problems. And so the thing is, I think so many times, even for me, I think a lot of our bitterness, I think a lot of the stuff that we wanted to work out that didn't work out, it's still lingering within us because we really didn't talk to God about it. We just tried to get over it real quick or tried to get somebody else or tried to replace it or tried to do this instead of really handle what went wrong. And then also, like we talked about, we didn't have that heart of humility either. So then here's the last one, number three. So how do we keep learning to get over the things that didn't work out? You got to learn to crush your will and conform to God's will. All right. You got to crush your will and conform to God's will. So this is tough. So when we're disappointed, when we're hurt, we want something so badly and it, and it didn't work out. So how do we learn to crush our will? We got to learn to actively wait, right? We have to learn to actively wait. And so how do we learn to actively wait for God? You know, when you think about, you know, when you're in line for, you know, for food or whatever, and it's a long line, did you know that you're waiting, but your waiting is active? So if you're in that long line, guess what you're looking at? You're looking at the menu. You're looking at where you want to sit. You're looking at what you want to drink. You know, if you're, if you're really into it, you're looking at desserts already, right? You're look you're looking at all this stuff. I heard that drew, right? <laughs> so you're, you're looking at all this stuff. So as you're waiting, you're active, but then little do you know, as you're waiting and that line seems so long as you're figuring out all the junk that you want, then also you're still moving in the line and you're moving closer and closer and closer. So that's what waiting does for us. So let's say we got some single guys here and single girls here too. So if you want a great mate and it seems like you're in this long, never ending line that it's never going to be your turn, what you need to do instead of sitting here and joking around about it, well, I'll just always be single. I'll just always be alone. See, those type of people, they have the wrong type of mindset. What you need to do is while you're in line, right? And while you're waiting, all right, so... When I get up there, how, how do I want her to be? I want her to be patient. I want her to be kind. I should pray for her. I should pray for her kindness. I should pray for her, her purity. I should pray for her heart. I should pray for her family. I should pray for all. So you're being active and vice versa for the guys. I should pray for his strength. I should pray for his leadership. I should support him. I should do. So all these other things, you're getting ready for this before you get there. See, the problem is today, what happens so many times, guys, is we wait till we get there to work on it. And then we didn't work on it before. See what we got to do. We got to work on that stuff before Then once we get there, just like that line. All right. I know what I want. I'm ready to go. And so it's the same thing. So we got to learn to pray, but we also have to learn to listen. So I saw some young men and I saw some young ladies there too. Here's something you guys need to start today at your local congregation, whether it's there or whether it's somewhere else, what you guys need to do, Instead of, and I know I used to do this all the time too, after service, instead of kind of huddling in the foyer with your group, with the college group or with the high school group or with a young married group, what you need to do, instead of huddling up, go talk to an older young man or go, go talk to an older man or go talk to an older woman. Learn from them. Ask them questions, right? So you got to learn to pray and you got to learn to listen. So here's, here's the last closing things here. And especially since Drew sent me um, this topic about 
kind of what we should do as singles. I think it's always good for single people to be reminded about some some really good dating advice. So here's how we're going to close here. So here's some advice that I've got from scripture, but also from older uh, from older counsel. So here's six things that I want you guys to remember if you guys are taking notes. Okay. So number one, whenever, and this works for even if you're married too. Okay. So here's number one, always believe the best in the other person. I can't tell you how many relationships I've seen, even in the church, somebody does something wrong and then the other person automatically believes the worst in them. And then you, and then you break up and then you end up being bitter and just don't talk to them. You always got to believe the best. Right. This comes from first Corinthians 13. Right. Love believes all things. Right. So you got to learn to believe the best in one another. Then number two, never assume anything about the other person. So whether you've seen an action or heard an action or whatever, never assume. Go talk to them. You know what love does, guys? I learned this the hard way. But instead of love thinking that someone did something, love goes talk to them. Love goes and talks to him. You got to speak to him. Hey, what happened? I heard this. Are you okay? This Is this going on? What's going on? How can I help? So you, you talk to him. Then number three, never talk badly to them or never talk badly about them to family or to other Christians. So naturally, as people are in relationships, there's going to be some friction, right? There's going to be some things that are going to go wrong. But instead of kind of going everywhere and talking to everyone else, right, just talk to them. Right. Always learn to, to be honest with that person. Then number four, never stop giving. You know, guys, let me give you let me give you a secret, fellas. All right. You can never, ever, ever outgive a great girl. You can never outgive her. So always keep giving. Same way for the ladies. Always keep giving too, because the Lord gave his best, right? John three sixteen. So if he gave, then I can do it too. And you can do it. All right. So then number five. Forgive them because you're not perfect either. So even if they've done something multiple times, right? And we're not talking about, you know, big breakup, but we're talking about just little stuff that irritates you. Forgive them because you aren't perfect either. All right. And then number six, here's the last one before I let you guys go. Don't let a good girl or a good guy go. So according to Proverbs 20 and Proverbs 31, the Bible says a virtuous woman who can find a faithful man who can find. Let me tell you guys something. Sometimes right there where you are, there might be a faithful man right there. He might be sitting next to you right now. There might be a virtuous woman right there, right, right next to you. But because you take them for granted and you think they'll always be here, you're going to miss them. Oh, that's just Jordan, you know. You know, he's always going to be there for me. I might not. That's just that's just so and so. She'll always be there for me. They might not. You got to be careful because good men and women. They don't like to be taken advantage of, number one, but then number two, they don't stay around long. So appreciate and learn to open your eyes and see what people do for you. And so sometimes you might have to lose them in order to see what you really had. And so. Number one, so look around. So girls, that guy that always treats you right, that always treats you with respect, that gives you that good advice, that helps you, that loves your family, don't miss him. He might be right there. Guys, that girl that supports you, 
that, I mean, no matter what you do, no matter how great or idiotic your idea is, she supports you. She treats you right. She lifts you up. She's kind to your family. Don't miss her. Right. But we can only see these things when we learn to cry out to God, when we have that heart of humility, and when we learn to crush what we want and then conform to whatever God wants. So these are some of the things that I failed at growing up that I've tried to get better at. And I hope that as you guys listen today, uh, these are some some things that can help you guys get better and help you guys to mature and grow and be the type of young men and women that God wants you guys to be. Great stuff, Jordan. We appreciate you, brother. Yeah, man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. I got all those topped out, so... (laughs) We'll be sharing those with others, so we appreciate that very much. Yeah, yeah, no problem. As we close, if you don't mind, say a little bit about your uh, podcast. Yeah, so the podcast is called When the Scriptures Become Real. Uh, You can find that on uh, on YouTube or kind of wherever you can get your podcast. And so I've actually I started this, you know, when I was going through some problems here. What we just talked about, and I said, well, someone else is. If I'm going through it, someone else has to. And so I kind of put a couple episodes out there and then next thing you know, there was 500, then a thousand and 3000 and 5,000. It just kept going. So I didn't really mean for it to go like this, but because there were so many downloads, I just kept going with it. So we kind of talk about some issues like this. And um, if you guys would follow on, you know, social media, um, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Just look at my name, Jordan Pugh. Um, there's been so many suggestions of what people want to hear. And this is, this is stuff our age. You know, people talking about family issues and relationship issues and sports issues and all this stuff. So we kind of talk about everything. So it's kind of not a, you know, kind of a one trick pony, but we kind of talk about everything and we always put scripture in it. So um, we're able to help a lot of people. We've had conversions off of it. So uh, we're just so thankful for the opportunity that we have to uh, to spread the word this way, man. Absolutely. Well, again, man, we appreciate your time on a Saturday morning and uh, thank you for putting the time to study into that for us. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for being here. It shows how much you love God. So continue to, uh, you know, to find opportunities to serve, you know, and he'll be able to use you guys in some great ways. For sure. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir.